And the enemy loves to come against women and tell us that we're not good enough, that we've missed it here, that we have shame and we shouldn't hold our head high. But you know what? Where you're weak, where you're broken, God will come in and he'll supply just what you need. He's not asking for perfection. He's only asking for commitment. He wants our heart. He wants our life. Amen. Amen. So thankful for all of our teens. Thank you guys for helping out today. Well, the whole reason why we have roses today, um, these roses, they're going to go along with everything we're going to talk about today, so I'm glad everybody got one. Um, about three years ago, we planted some roses in our yard. We have a bunch of rose bushes, and when we got them, they were pretty small, just like the ones that are out in front of the church. And once we you know, invested the money to pay for these roses and then took the time to dig the holes and plant the roses and then get some ground cover and get some rocks. We put rocks in, around our roses. Once we took all the time and money invested everything into it, I wanted to figure out how can I make these things grow? What do I need to do to help these plants out to flourish because I don't want it all to be wasted? So I kind of started reading a little bit and I remember I talked to my mom and uh, she was telling me, well, you just go, and, and once it's fallen off, then you just pinch the head off. She would just kind of show me how she did her roses. And my bushes were really small, just like the ones we have. So there wasn't a whole lot of upkeep. But I was very amazed at how it was a continual thing. So I may go out there on Monday, and I would kind of pinch off the dead, the dead heads, is what she would call them. Pinch off the dead heads and just kind of pitch them to the side. But when I went back out there, like on Wednesday, there was more. It was pretty interesting. So I thought, wow, I have to kind of stick with this. So uh, I did, I kind of noticed there's kind of prickly things. Some of you may have gotten one that had thorns on it. I tried not to have thorns. I apologize if you did. But I, I realized, too, it's also good to use some tools. So that first year, whenever I had roses, this was my tool of choice. Uh, I grabbed some kitchen scissors because I was tired of getting thorns stuck in my fingers. Uh, so I would just clip them, and I could go through pretty fast, you know, because the bushes were small, and there wasn't a lot of layers. It was just kind of stuff on top. So during that year, uh, God kind of started to speak to me in my heart whenever I would go out and I would tend to my roses. And he brought this passage, which is in your bulletin. It's the only passage of scripture that we have in there. He brought this passage to my heart. And he started to talk to me about how he is the vine dresser in my life. And I'm like the rose bush that he's tending to. He wants to prune my life, help me to grow, help me to be beautiful, help me to produce fruit. So that first year, you know, they were really small and we didn't have a whole lot of... Um, a whole lot of pruning or cutting back to do because the bushes were small. So I had cut off a few, a few of them that would kind of grow really far and kind of straggly, and it just didn't look very pretty. We'd do that, but we didn't do any major um, cutting back that year. The next year, the bushes had grown. This was last summer, last spring and summer. The bushes had grown pretty big, and, uh, and I noticed they were putting on a whole lot more blooms than the year before. So I realized... I really got to work at this this year. And I was really starting to enjoy my time because every time I went out there to tend to the roses, it's amazing. God would just speak to my heart and we would just have a conversation. He'd talk to me and I would talk to him. It's amazing if 
during your work week, whatever it is that you're doing, if it's tending roses, if it's working on your car, if it's having to run errands, if you let God in, he'll speak to you right in the middle of whatever you're doing. He doesn't just wanna speak to you on Sundays or on Wednesdays, but when you're in the office and you're struggling with something, you face a challenge, he wants to speak to you right there. He wants to comfort you, he wants to give you direction. So I was starting to really enjoy my time whenever I'd go out there, and I started going out twice a day. This was last summer, and so Kevin was really busy working. Uh, they, were pouring the found, they weren't pouring the foundation yet, but there was a lot of groundwork that was having to be done out here, and so I would come by and check, but there really wasn't a whole lot for me to do out here at that time. There was no cement yet. Um, so every morning after the kids went to school, I would go out and I would cut the roses. And I noticed that this kind of wasn't really enough anymore because my bushes were growing. They were healthy. So I upgraded to some of these. Now I just got these. This was one of my Mother's Day gifts and they're, they're gold plated. You like that? I got these this morning. My gold plated pair. Uh, but I had to upgrade from just regular kitchen scissors to these and these. Boy, once I started to use them, I thought, now this is the tool I need. This cuts like butter, you know? Just kind of There was a lot going on there. So I started to realize that um, every day there was dead spots. Every day, not just dead heads that I had to clip off, but sometimes there would be branches because there was so much growth happening. There was so much going on in the bush. So I'd have to check it con continually. And I also noticed that I would have like a little cluster of roses that was about to open. It wasn't open yet. And on the same branch, maybe at the other end, I had some roses that were way gone. Like they died last week and I missed them. And then I noticed there's one that right in the middle, it's right in its prime. It's beautiful and right in the middle. Look at all that that was going on on just one branch. You have some stuff that's waiting in the wings that's gonna come to, to flourish in just a couple days. You have one thing that's in its prime and then you've got some stragglers over here that should have already been cut off. I just missed them. Well, you know, that's how God is with you and me. He's always got something in the wings. He's always cultivating an area in your life something in you that's going to be for later. There may be things in your life that, that are dead and they need to be cut off and he wants to prune those. And then you'll have other things going on in your life that you're right in the middle of and you know, this is it, this is awesome. I'm flourishing in this area. Sometimes though when we get, get, um, get to pruning, I would get frustrated, I remember because there was so much to do because I would go in the morning and then I would go out in the afternoon, like when the sun starts to set, and I would get frustrated because if I hadn't spent enough time with him, I really didn't have enough peace. So come by five o'clock, I was a little frustrated. And there was, I remember thinking, I went over this bush this morning, but I'm realizing that I missed so many. I'm having to peel back the layers this summer. I'm having to see, wow, I totally missed this, and I rushed through it. And sometimes, I remember I'd accidentally cut off new growth or like a little bloom that was going to open like tomorrow, and I just killed it. I just snipped it off. You know, sometimes we do that in our life because we'll look at something that God has waiting in the wings, something that he's cultivating on the inside of you, and we think nothing's happening here. 
I thought God told me to do this, but I must have missed it. And then we cut it off. It just may not be the season yet. It may not be the time yet. There's a timing with God. Pruning takes time. When I would have to go out there in the morning, in the evening. So when you want God and you allow him to prune you, it takes time. You spending time with him. If you want God to prune you, and this is really where where we're going today with this, is if you're like this rose and you want to be tended to, God's not just going to come down from heaven and be like, well, that's a bad attitude. Let me cut that off for you there. And well, that's some wrong motives and wrong thinking. Let me cut that off there. The way that he's going to do it, he's going to speak to your heart. Just like when I was tending to the roses, and he would kind of talk to me while I was doing it. And he would show me things in my life that I needed to cut off. As I was drawn, my eye was drawn to that little cluster that needed to be cut off last week, he would remind me, you know that thing in your life? You need to go ahead and just cut that off. You need to be done with that. And he's not gonna bring the scissors down and cut it. Once he speaks to my heart, I have a decision then, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna listen to that? Or am I gonna put a wall up and say, don't touch that God, don't touch that area, don't go there. His timing is perfect. Whenever he tells you to cut something off or he tells you to let something grow and cultivate, his timing is always perfect. Because two years ago, whenever we first planted the roses and I first started going out there, was when this whole message just kind of dropped in my heart about how God is a vine dresser. And I've heard that scripture read a thousand times. But when I really started to apply it to my life and my relationship with God and how he cares for me and how he tends to me all the time, continual maintenance, it changed me. And I remember saying, God, this is so good. God, this is life-changing. This is changing my life. Do you want me to teach it? This is two years ago. You know what he said? Can this just be for me and you? Can, can you just be excited with me? Rather than learning and then having to just go tell somebody else like it's for somebody else. Can you just get excited about this for your own life and you take this and run with it? So I said, okay. So last year came along and I was having a good time, you know, out, out in, the, in the roses. And, um, and I remember saying, God, now? It's been a year. It's kind of been stirring in me, God. How about now? Can, can we talk about it now? I'd love to like, get the ladies together and have a ladies meeting. Or we go to Cassie's and do something fun with roses. And he just crickets, nothing. No response whatsoever. So I, I took that as no. So then about four weeks ago, Kevin and I were talking about the upcoming months. And as soon as he said, Mother's Day's coming up, you're going to teach. I had gone outside and had started to look at the roses again and was kind of starting. And that, that first snip on the rose, boom, it just dropped in my heart. And he said, now, that's the time. And I thought, isn't that something? That was one of those things that was waiting in the wings that I could see was beautiful and I couldn't wait for it. But God said, wait, it's not time. 
So I encourage you, on the left side of your bulletin, of your worship guide, to have some lines. If there's one thing that you pull out of today and it speaks to your heart, write that one thing down because that is for you. Because God's waited for just for today, for this message, just for you, every person that's in here, including myself. His timing is perfect. You know, whenever I was in a hurry, and I was trying to clip and I would mess up and I would cut off, you know, new growth or I would, I would totally just, just kind of botch it up and I wasn't doing it correctly. Uh, he reminded me that, slow down. You, you need to slow down. You take this and I have to, with one hand, I kind of push back. I push back the top branches. And then I'm looking really carefully because if, if you cut off too low down, you're cutting off the new growth. There's like a little, it's called the red bud, I think is what it's called. And that's where the new shoot is gonna come out. So I had to do a little research. I did study a little bit and read up on pruning. But he's the vine dresser. And just like when I need pruning, he's so gentle with me. He can pull layers back. Whenever I come to church, Whenever I, I spend time with him, my quiet time, he'll just fold layers back of my life, fold layers back of my heart, fold layers back of my thinking, and he'll reveal some things where I need to make adjustments. He'll reveal some areas where I need to be pruned. But he's so gentle about it. He's not in a rush. He's not in a hurry. And the thing about pruning is it hurts. It hurts. Can you imagine if, if you're a rose bush and I'm about to come at you with these, if my roses could only speak. I think I've said that about a thousand times. You know, they see me coming like, I'm smiling, like I'm coming to help you, you know? And then it's like, they're probably, if they could only talk. Here, thank you. But when God comes... I believe his don't look like that, but when he comes and he wants to prune areas of your life, there's a little bit of discomfort and maybe even sometimes a lot of discomfort that could take place when he is wanting to prune you. When things are getting cut off, it's, it can be uncomfortable. Does everybody agree? I think sometimes that in the middle of that discomfort, a lot of times uh, we mistake what's going on and we think, God's mad at me. He's punishing me. I totally missed it. I'm doing something wrong. When all the while he's the vine dresser wanting to make you beautiful, wanting to make you fruitful, wanting to make you flourish, wanting to make you strong and well able to stand whenever strong winds come. Whenever the weight of that huge thing he wants to bless you with, that fruit, he wants you to be able to stand up under it and carry it and not collapse. He's gentle. He's careful. His timing is so perfect. And the pruning, although it is painful, in the end, it's far better. It's far better that we go through that process As I was getting this ready, I can remember times in my life over the past um, 16 years. And it's funny, when I was looking at this, I remember, oh, that was some pruning going on in my life. <laughs> you know, I look back and I think of times when there was some discomfort and maybe even just some pain in my heart. 
God would reveal a character flaw in me that needed attention that only I could fix. As much as I love my husband and as much as he does for me, he could not fix that. As much as my mother loves me, she could not fix that. This is something I had to do myself. So a lot of times there is pain, but you push through. Because when you get on the other side of it, you're stronger, you're better. The other reason why pruning really hurts is because it involves a breaking of our will. Your want to. But I want to do that, God. I don't want to do that. You're, make, you're telling me you want me to do that? I don't want to do that. There comes a point where he has to break your will. And it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when he breaks your will. I guess when I say he breaks your will, he'll give you an option. He'll give you a choice. And it's up to you if you're gonna break your will. And it's very painful when you decide, I'm gonna swallow this, I don't care how hard it is, I don't care how long it takes, God, I'll do it. Because you said, you want me to do this, God, I'll do it. It's tough, a breaking of your will and a breaking of your flesh. Sometimes, man, you really, your body really likes to, to do things, to eat certain things. He'll tell you to stop. He'll say, you really shouldn't. And then you have the choice of, am I gonna override that? Or am I gonna go, go on and listen to him? Whenever the, the pruning's taking place, you know, um, Whenever God's folding the things back in my life, you know, now I, I realize kind of what's going on. And it's easy for me now to stop and say, God, show me. Show me what I need to change. I know you're trying to work in me right now, and I yield to that, and I'm asking you to show me areas that I need to change or that I need to improve. And if you ask, I guarantee you, he will answer you. But the thing you need to follow up with immediately after that, whenever you say, God, show me what it is that you want me to change, the next thing that needs to come out of your mouth is, God, give me the strength. I need your strength to do this. Because when that pruning starts to take place and he's gonna ask you to do some really tough stuff, you're gonna have to have his strength to do it. Then when we have his strength, we get to give him all the glory. Because then I can stand up here and say, in my own self, there's no way I could have ever made it through life the past 15 years. There's no way. I have to give him all the glory and all the honor. He gets all the credit for it. You know, in, that, in last year, I, I realized with the roses, um, as they continually, you know, grow, and I'm having to peel back and see the different kinds of layers, it reminded me of how when we grow spiritually, the, the pruning process changes a little bit. What I had to do when I first got saved, as far as, God, I want to go to church on Sunday. Then you wake up and your alarm clock forgot to go off, and it's like two hours past church, and you're like, man, I miss church. God, I told you I was gonna go. I'm sorry. When's the next service? I remember being a brand new Christian, and I, I would want to just, just go to church, just to make it to church. It was good. 
I remember just to have control of my mouth and not blurt out things was good. Just to learn to stop gossiping. God doesn't like that. He doesn't like that at all. And when I started to, to go to church and I learned about his character and what he loves and what he likes, and then it made an impression on my heart. So when I would accidentally do those things, something on the inside would start to rub and would start to scratch. And as I kept going to church, I learned that's the Holy Spirit on the inside of me trying to help me. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't say that. And the Holy Spirit's so gentle because he's not going to override your will but he's trying to come alongside and trying to help you and prompt you and lead you. But I realize that as we grow up in Christ, we have to dig a little deeper to do a heart check, to examine our motives, to examine our thinking, because I moved past the point of trying to remember to go to church on Sunday morning. I moved and I've graduated and I've grown. I'm to the point of now, let me examine my actions. How did they affect other people this week? What have I been thinking on? Am I thinking on what lines up with the word of God? Because the Bible tells me what to think on. Think on these things which are pure, lovely, of a good report. So I'll sit down and I'll actually take my thoughts that I thought about this week and I measure them against my standard, which is the word of God. And I see where I'm lacking. And then I say, Holy Spirit, I need your strength to make this adjustment. This is all part of the pruning process. And then the, the third, this is uh, coming this past, I say past spring, I guess we're not really in summer yet. But in spring right now, the couple of things he's been speaking to my heart about, about pruning and with the roses um, he showed me that for the other plants around my rose bushes to grow, I have to prune up underneath and I have to cut up because I've noticed I've got some ferns. They're called foxtail ferns. And I really like them. They grow like spiky. They look like spiky hair. And they're bright green and they're, I like, they're fuzzy. I like the way they feel and the way they look. But I've noticed I've got some of them that are all growing like this. Like they're all sticking out this way. And none of them, they're not sticking all up like they're supposed to. And I realize it's because I haven't been trimming my rose bushes around the bottom properly and they're not getting any sunlight down there. So one part of the process of pruning, I'm having to, to prune the rose bushes back so that the things around it can get the proper nutrients and get the sun, which is what they need. So there's times in your life and my life when God wants to prune us and prune the motives and intents of our heart or prune our thinking or our attitude or our action so that the people around us can see the son of God living in us. And it testifies of his goodness, of his glory, of his life-changing power in ways that your words could never do. Because there's times whenever I'd want, I want to witness to people and I want to speak from my heart and, and I'll, I'll say things with my words. But my life and the way I live is such a louder testifying power. Does that make sense? It's such a louder witness than any words I could ever say. The other thing, as I was bending down, it's really cold in here. Is it just me? I'm in the lights, too. Um, sorry. 
hey, it keeps the roses really pretty. <laughs> I did learn that, you know, you put them in ice water, in case you don't know, thanks Laverne for all your help this week, but you put the roses in ice water and they will just perk right up. In fact, you can actually uh, have halfway dead ones and you put them in ice water and they just come back to life. The same thing is true because whenever you do that, you have to cut, you have to prune, you have to cut the bottom off, and then you stick it in the ice water and it comes back to life. Same thing is true, and there's some times whenever God wants to prune areas in your life, and maybe a dream he put in your heart a long time ago, maybe something he spoke to you years ago, maybe a relationship. If you'll let him in and let him prune those areas that need pruning, he can bring things back to life. Old dreams, old relationships, maybe you thought you've burned bridges, he can bring it back to life and restore everything that was lost. So whenever I was pruning the bottom, back to what I was doing a couple weeks ago, I was you know, getting down and looking underneath and I'm cutting, as I'm cutting, and I know you're supposed to cut like all the tiny shoots that come off at the bottom and, um, I, I sat there, actually just sat down on the ground for a moment, and I realized, wow, look at the bases of these things. I mean, they were like this big around, and the, the thorns that coming off of them were, were giant and, and fierce thorns. I realized that the last year, whenever Kevin took those big choppers, that's what I call them, the choppers. I don't know if that's technical or not. I have kitchen scissors, shears, and choppers. That's what I call them. Get the choppers. When he took the choppers and he cut, is that right? He cut all the roses really far back. I thought, whoa, man, they're like naked. He cut them down. But this year I see they've put on so much growth that that stable and strong base is able to withstand the pressure of all the new growth, of all the new branches, and they're, they've gotten a little bit taller and more fuller. God wants the same thing for you. When you let him in and you let him start pruning and you yield to that, you're getting a strong foundation. Because remember, he's the vine dresser. We're just the bush. He can see that out in the west, there's a storm coming. The rose bush doesn't know that. He knows what's down the road. And if it's not a storm, it may be something huge and wonderful he's going to ask you to do that carries great weight and influence in, in your peers and in the people around you. But to carry such thing, you have to have a base that's strong and grounded and will be able to withstand the wind or the storm. The other thing that I realized is um, we have this... This electrical box, I don't even know what it is. It's on the outside of the house. Is it an electrical box? What's the... It's our cable. Oh, okay. It's, it's a cable. It's a, anyway, it's a box on the outside of the house. A little hidden thing by the... Yes. Well, I was pruning back around there because I have to go down both sides of my rose bushes, you know. And so I start to go back there. And every time I go over there, this wasp comes out. So I was like, okay, I kind of left it alone. So then the next week, like three of them came out and came after me, and they know I can get like right up until this point, and then if I cross over, they are coming out, and they're letting me know, do not come near here. Sometimes we have areas in our life, and we want to open the door and say, God, prune me. Show me, God. Show me where I need to change. Show me what I need to do, and give me the strength to do it. And then he'll point something out real clear, and then the wasp come out. 
And we say, no, God, don't touch that. Just back up. We're not going to go there. That may be the very area, if you would just give in and give that to God, anything is possible. If we look, let's look at uh, John 15. It says, I'm the true vine, my father's the vine dresser. This is Jesus speaking. And I have the amplified version in there for you. We're gonna look at for just a minute. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes. For all of us in here, this should be a continual process that we go through until we get to heaven. The pruning process. He said he repeatedly prunes so that we'll bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. If it doesn't get pruned, it can't bear more and richer, finer fruit. Verse 3 says, you're already clean because of the word which I have given you, the teaching which I have discussed with you. Well, he's talking about getting saved. Through the word, the washing of the water of the word of God, it will cleanse you. But after you get saved, to follow Jesus and to be a disciple of Jesus, there's this pruning process that is supposed to take, take place the entire span of our life. So, in other words, that's not enough. Because he says, you've already been cleaned. Now you've been cleaned. Now verse 4, he says, remain in me. This is the next step. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. That word remain right there, it means abide or stay Wait. It means a vital connection. God wants to be your supplier. Sometimes we look to everything else for our source and for our supply of whatever it is we need in our life. Sometimes it's relationships. We depend on another relationship to provide us with whatever it is in this, that we need in our life. And then when that thing falls or falters or has any kind of a mishap, which people do, we lose it. If we remain in him, he never falters. He never fails. So I had written something down. This may be hard to swallow, but more vital than your cup of morning coffee should be your relationship with God and your wanting to remain in him. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit or produce the evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. See, the thing about it here is when we have fruit, when we start to have buds that come up and, and, and beautiful things that pop up in our life, the fruit on the rose bush is the rose, right? The fruit on the apple tree is the apple, right? I mean, that, right? Everybody know where I'm going with this? When you're a Christian, people see fruit in your life. They're supposed to see fruit in your life, and that speaks volumes to them, just like we had just mentioned. Sometimes your words can never say enough. They think, well, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Well, yeah, I know I need to quit this. Well, yeah, I know. I know I need to go to church. But when they start to see, man, you always have, like, good things happening to you. You have tremendous favor upon your life. How come you never lack? Like you always have what you need. Why is it that your kids are never sick? When people start to see that kind of fruit in your life, they cannot deny, it is undeniable, the power of God working in your life. 
And that's when people come to you and say, what is it? Why? Why is this happening to you? And then, boy, that door is just wide open for you to be a witness. For you to say, well, let me tell you. It's not me. It's the one in whom I remain. It's him. Verse 5 says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown out like a broken off branch that withers and dies. And they gather such branches and they throw them into the fire and they're burned. So I've actually got some here. I'm gonna put that on for a side. These, this here, was cut um, last Sunday. I cut this off last Sunday on purpose. I needed to trim some anyway, but I actually cut it off for this because I wanted you to see what a branch looks like when it's been disconnected from the vine for seven days. If I touch one of these leaves, they, they're crispy. It'll make a mess that somebody's gonna have to vacuum, so I don't wanna do that. And if you scratch, if you scratch in here, it's very hard, you have to scratch pretty deep to find a little bit of green that's still left in the stem. And sometimes we think this is enough, this is like how we are, when we just wanna spend every so often with God and then we get frustrated at him because we're not having the even richer, more fruit. And we blame him and we get mad at him. But this thing's been severed and cut off from its life source, its vital union with the other part of the branch, right? The, with the vine. This one here, this one, uh, this one, we have a little bit of movement in these leaves. They were purple yesterday. They're still kind of soft, just the purple ones. The other ones are already crispy. This one was cut off yesterday. Just yesterday. It's pretty dry. The whole reason why I'm showing you is this is a great visual aid for even going one day not spending time in the word, even going one day, not fellowshipping with your vital source whom you draw all of your life from, even one day. Thank you. Verse seven says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is if we're vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse eight says, my father is glorified and honored by this. Glorified means to just bestow or to give honor to him. When we bear fruit, it gives God honor. Sometimes people think that the only way I can give God honor is if I just come and I stand and I lift my hands, God, I honor you. And you can totally give honor with the fruit of your lips. You can do that. But another way to honor God is to bear fruit. One commentary says, glorifying God is when we are personally acknowledge God in his true character. 
God, I acknowledge you for who you are. You're my strengthener. God, I acknowledge you for who you are. You're my source of life. You're my vital connection. I can't live without you today. I'm crispy without you. You're my source of finances, God. I'm thankful for my job, but I'm thankful that I trust in you more than I trust in any person. God, I'm thankful for my husband. He's my other half. But God, my connection with you is vital and important. I have to have it. It is first and foremost in my life. I'm personally acknowledging him for his true character, for who he really is. This is who you are to me, God. It's how we glorify him. And when you have fruit, that's what your life is speaking. God, I acknowledge you for who you really are. So God's glorified and honored by this. And when we bear much fruit and prove ourselves, we prove ourselves to be his true disciples. Well, much fruit right there, the Greek word also is often. We often have fruit. Sometimes we think we've done one thing for God. You call me to do this? And I've done it, and I'm done. He wants you to have often fruit. In other words, every season of your life, there is not a point where we get too old for this or we outgrow this. We just keep doing this until we get to heaven. We keep producing fruit until we go to heaven. And the Greek word for fruit there means means results or profit, gain. We should often have results. It gives him glory. It says, it proves yourself to be my true disciples. Uh, man, I like this commentary about disciples. It says, someone with proper instruction from the Bible with its necessary follow-through life application. A disciple is someone with proper instruction from the Bible with its necessary follow-through life application. Isn't that good? Apply it to our life. So the rest of it, verse 9 through 11, are great. And he ends it all up by saying, I've told you all of this stuff so that my joy can be in you. My delight can be in you so that your joy can be made full and complete. God loves you. He loves you. And he has a tremendous, amazing plan for your life. And it's bigger than anything you can do on your own. Because he wants to be there with you, helping you. And it's going to take some pruning. And it's uncomfortable sometimes. But that's why it's good to have a body like this. And we come together so that if somebody's hurting on one side, somebody else can encourage and say, hey, it's okay. Come on. I'm glad you're here. Come on. Let's, let's lift our voices together. We're going to praise God this morning. We encourage one another. Because we all go through seasons of our life. The body's not meant to be one eyeball. We'd be in tough shape if everybody in here was just one eyeball. You'd have a beautiful eye. I'm sure you would. But you wouldn't make it out of your seat. You know what I mean? It takes us all working together. So as we're all hearing this about pruning, and it's tough, you know, it's Mother's Day, and I, I didn't, you know, I, I kind of was like, well, okay, Lord, I'm excited that finally I've been waiting for two years. But then I started to think, well, this isn't very happy. You know, like the, the video with the kids is like made you cry and laugh. And I know this isn't, doesn't seem like happy. But if you feel like you're stuck right now in your life, it may be because you're at a turning point where God is wanting to prune you. He's wanting to help you. And like I said, the pruning process, he's just going to shine some light in different areas of your life 
And then it's up to you and I to surrender that and to say, I'll do it, God. I'll make that adjustment. Show me what I need to change and give me the strength to do it. And he will.